Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. The title of the song is Der Vohormia, and it's a haunting Armenian church hymn uh, that's familiar to Armenians all over the world. It's something that brings me back to my childhood. It's just, it's such a part of the uh, Armenian liturgy and never fails to uh, really, you know, move me. We want to bring you some breaking news coming into us from the United States. President Joe Biden has formally recognized the massacre of Armenians under the Ottoman Empire during World War I as an act of genocide. Now, the hymn dates back before the genocide, but there is a story out there about uh, the singing of it as the first massacres began. And in my own mind, I've always associated it with the genocide and the suffering that took place at the time. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Charlie Matessian on the Armenian Genocide and an acknowledgement more than a century in the making. We have come to the desert in northern Syria to look for evidence of a mass murder, the first genocide of the 20th century. In short, the Armenian Genocide uh, took place in 1915, or at least the worst of it, when the Ottoman Empire uh, slaughtered an estimated 1.5 million Armenian civilians. They brought them here and they chose separated men from women and children to make easy to them. My grandfather and grandmother killed here, and my father escaped from here. The history w- was passed down to me from my grandfather, uh, who uh, escaped as a uh, young boy, the only person in his family who wasn't killed, wow. and made his way to America. So you hear the stories within your family. I, mm-hmm. You know, he wouldn't talk much about it. Uh, he was just too traumatized. It was just a subject in the family that he was never willing or able to speak about. But I was fortunate enough uh, to go to an Armenian school when I was a, a young kid, and we had Armenian class where you would learn very early on the, the songs and the hymns. Uh, you, you'd learn Armenian heritage. And, and, and an important part in Armenian history is this open wound of, of the genocide and, and learning of how it happened, what took place, and sort of the terrible scale and scope of it. Do you remember when you did learn about this in school? Did you ever come home and try to talk with your grandfather about it? Or was this just one of those things that you, you couldn't broach? Now, I don't mean to get 
too personal here. I just no, uh, that, that's fine. I'm I'm glad you're asking. Um, it was just it was too painful. Uh, we just it was one of those things that it, it, you know you know those things in, in your family that you don't talk openly about. Yeah. You talk about, but you never really talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, only because it was just too hard on him, and you could see this, and you see it in the little ways. Like I can remember coming back from school one day, and as a little kid, uh, drawing a picture for him of like a like a stick figure holding an Armenian flag and an American flag and I hand it to him and the old man starts to cry. Mm. You know, and it's just it's stuff like that, that, that I remember from my childhood. So for more than a century, Charlie, America has not acknowledged that this happened, that there was state-sponsored genocide by the Ottoman Empire, which predates modern day Turkey. What has that lack of recognition meant for the Armenian-American community? It was like a dagger in the heart, uh, in, in part because the Armenian experience with America was so positive in so many ways. Hmm. Because for survivors like my grandfather, here's a guy who comes as a teenager, an orphan teenager. He's penniless. Everything he knows has been destroyed. His family's been murdered. Comes here and is able to somehow build a life out of those ashes, which is which is just unbelievable. And, they, and that generation loved America. I mean, just a fierce, burning love for this place uh, and for for what it did for um, for Armenians who came here. The country gave them so much. It, it gave them a chance to rebuild their lives. It was this beacon in a crazy, murderous world. And uh, it, it gave them a life they could have never imagined before. And so for them... And for that first generation of Armenians that came here, not only were they too traumatized to look backwards, they just didn't have time to focus on the past. They were immigrants and, you, you know, they're, they're immersed in the immigrant struggle. And so they didn't spend much time on it. And, and in many ways, that burden was left on the generations to come to figure out mm. how to acknowledge what happened. And it was really important and painful for Armenian Americans that America wouldn't acknowledge it, in part because America played such an important role, meaning the role they played was that it was American diplomats and American missionaries who were blowing the whistle at the time. So thoroughly were the Armenian massacres covered in the press that in 1915 alone, the New York Times ran 145 articles and the reporting was clear. This was government planned, systematic race extermination. The U.S. ambassador to the Ottoman Empire at the time, a guy named Henry Morgenthau, writes back this this cable that that reads, persecution of Armenians assuming unprecedented proportions, terrible tortures, uh, widespread expulsions, deportations accompanied by frequent instances of rape, pillage, and murder turning into massacres. Wow. And you see accounts like that. So America played a huge role in that. And so after the genocide, other nations over time, over the decades, Germany, France, Russia, among them and others, they all made clear that these massacres were state-sponsored genocide, but America would not do that. What was the reason for not doing it? There were a couple reasons. At first, and and it's understandable, I I think there was an argument that efforts to secure this declaration of genocide, they they were dismissed as, oh, well, this is just the settling of some ancient tribal feud. What business does America have in getting involved in that? And I think for the survivors of of the genocide, they they felt, you know, it had every reason to exert its moral authority by characterizing these actions in the clearest and most unambiguous terms, because in many ways, it was the first modern genocide. And we saw what happened, you know, once the world went down 
that path. I mean, this was a genocide that was so devious uh, that even Adolf Hitler spoke of it admiringly. Wow. Uh, and, and every Armenian knows what he said about the Armenian genocide. We all know it by heart. We learn it when we're very young. And the line is, who, after all, speaks today of the annihilation of the Armenians? And he said that in a famous speech in 1939 before the German invasion, the brutal German invasion of Poland. And so that is part of the backdrop uh, and the frustration of, of Armenian Americans. And then there was a second reason why America wouldn't recognize or wouldn't call genocide by its name. You know, I think part of it was there's this giant genocide denialist industrial complex, I call it, that's been funded by Turkish interests. And I think that moved into the vacuum that was left by the U.S. not officially recognizing the genocide. And their argument was this, this well-funded argument against genocide declaration went something like this. Genocide recognition runs counter to America's national security interests because Turkey is such an important geostrategic ally. Hmm. We couldn't afford to upset them. They had to be placated because they occupied a really important part of the world and we just couldn't get on their wrong side. And the reason is that the Turkish government, for them, the affirmation of a genocide was a red line. This was a transgression that threatened to break up the entire relationship. It was, you know, whenever the genocide resolution would be talked about in Congress or debated in D.C., it was freakout time in Turkey and, and time to threaten the United States and, and the status of our relationship. And so that for many years blocked any kind of official recognition or declaration of the genocide. Hmm. Over the weekend, President Biden officially undid what I think can be described as 100 years of silence on America's end. He officially recognized the Armenian Genocide, an announcement that Turkey condemned, called outrageous. Um, why was this able to happen now? What do you make of this moment and what's changed? It was a pretty stunning moment. Uh, Biden had actually made a campaign promise that he was going to do this, but most people, Armenians and otherwise, didn't really believe him, even though he explicitly said as a campaign promise that he was going to recognize the genocide. And the reason no one really took it at face value was because Barack Obama did the exact same thing. But what happened in Obama's case is that when the moment of truth came, and that moment of truth is generally on April 24th, which is the Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day that's recognized around the world as Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day, on that date, Obama decided to just stop short, break his promise, and use other words to describe the genocide. For the sixth time in a row, President Obama deferred to Turkey and refused to use the word he promised to use, though he noted, quote, I have consistently stated my own view of what occurred in 1915 and my view has not changed. Biden, on the other hand, used the word, and I think for a couple of different reasons. First, there were many Obama administration veterans that deeply regretted the fact that they did not recognize the, the genocide. Hmm. And some of those people are in the administration right now. Hmm. And then the other uh, important thing that changed was the political calculus for the United States. The change w was this. In recent years, Turkey has really proved its unreliability as an ally under Turkish President Erdogan. And so suddenly the dynamics that, that prevented even American presidents that wanted to affirm the killings amounted to genocide, you know, this, this calculus suddenly changed. Mm -hmm. The point being, if Turkey is not such a reliable ally, why wouldn't we then acknowledge this historic truth? Before I let you go, I wanted to ask about what this acknowledgement means for you and for other Armenian Americans. You wrote in your magazine piece for Politico, quote, we have been trapped in a mourning period with no end. 
does it at all feel like that morning has sort of come to an end or that that trap has it all been undone you don't get closure on an event as traumatic to to a certain people as genocide i mean the losses the horror the scale of what happened it, it doesn't go away with you know a single document uh-huh. um but but what happens is this is the first really important step toward closure for Armenian Americans, uh, to have the president officially recognize it. And uh, it was just a really important and emotional moment for Armenian Americans who have sought this for so long. It was a almost like a validation of their American experience and a validation of their trust and belief in the values and foundational principles of America. Charlie Matessian. Thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Also today, the U.S. is pledging medical aid to India as the country fights a massive surge in coronavirus cases. In a statement on Sunday, the Biden administration said America is, quote, working around the clock to immediately send India drug treatments, testing kits, ventilators, and PPE. A team of public health advisors from the CDC and USAID will also be sent to help out Indian officials. And a group of senators is calling on President Biden to push for an expansion of Medicare as part of his new American Families Plan. Biden is expected to announce the proposal, which is part of a broader effort to ease the economic pain caused by the pandemic, ahead of a joint address to Congress on Wednesday. In a letter over the weekend, 17 senators, including Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, called for the plan to include expanded Medicare benefits, including hearing, dental, and vision care, and a reduction in the Medicare eligibility age. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts, and while you're there, Check out some of our other shows, like Politico Energy and our new weekly show, Playbook Deep Dive. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.